Blog Talk Radio. Let me tell you about something new. A new show called G's Power. G's Power. Real talk for real saints. Are you ready? And it's for real. Welcome to G's Power Hour live every weekday at 11.30 a.m. on Never Had It So Good Entertainment Network. Your host, G, will bring you informative and entertaining guests and a variety of topics in a way that you can absorb and enjoy. Listen in weekdays and call in at 516-387-1944. We love interaction. All shows can be downloaded if you miss one or found on iTunes the next day. G's Power Hour is powered by Never Had It So Good Sports Media Network. Brothers and sisters, kings and queens, angels and saints, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. And happy Friday Eve. Uh, and I know I, I need to stop rushing time or trying to anyway. Time has its own master, so, you know, whatever. But um, we are still talking back to school. First of all, you have until I think it's the 7th, which is Sunday to get your school supplies without paying the taxes. And they have, I, I'm hoping they're they're having good sales. You know, some of them, they, they mark it down and they mark it back up in time for you to think that you got a sale. But anyway, uh, just go, you know, do your shopping carefully and all that type of stuff. And uh, be careful when you're out in the crowds too. You know, people are not behaving the way they should, unfortunately. Um, just wanted to share something with you. I'm, I'm hoping to get more details and maybe someone that we can discuss it more with later in another point. Brittany Griner um, over in Russia was found uh, guilty and um, the prosecutors are trying to sentence her to nine and a half years. So keep her and, and her a significant other in, in family and friends all in her team, all in prayer, you know, and, uh, you know, have to see what happens with that. So in the meantime, so we are privileged to have back Tara Collingwood. How you doing? Hey, how are you? All right, all right. Now, uh, she's a board-certified dietitian. She does sports uh, medicine, and, and she's just an all-around good person, too. I just enjoy having you on when you're here. Thanks so much, because you keep the conversation interesting. Um, oh, thank you. So... So kind of want to talk about a few things. So one, well, I, one I know we're not prepared for. I kind of mentioned a couple of other things. But one, it's just that I was in the store, and I'm seeing all these supplements now for kids, for sleeping, for uh, <laughs> stress, for all of that type of stuff. And I'm saying to myself, okay, this is a little much I think, uh, you know, are, are, are our kids needing that much extra stuff to help them, you know, just muddle through? Kids are supposed to be happy and care, carefree and all that type of stuff, at least in my frame of mind. What is going on with all of these? It's like the supplement shelf in general just keeps getting bigger and bigger and then adding additional shelves for uh, collagen peptides and all kind of other things. Can you talk about supplements right now and when you should have supplements, how early you maybe need to have supplements, uh, or do you need them at all? Boy, that's a loaded question. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, the supplement industry is a billion dollar, maybe even trillion by now. I don't know. I've been saying billion dollar industry for years. So, um, as you said, it keeps getting bigger and bigger. Um, you know, it's it's funny. My 12-year-old the other day was like, can I have my melatonin gummies? I'm like, since when did you start taking melatonin gummies? You know, he had seen these gummies on the counter and that my husband and I occasionally take, and he had, I guess, started taking them. Um, so, yeah, you're right. It's um, it's And especially the gummy form is sort of marketed towards kids and easy for, for kids to do. So um, it is really interesting to think about 
you know, do these kids really need these things? Um, and, you know, if you put the idea in their head, we know that there's a huge placebo effect, especially when it comes to sleep. And I can't sleep without it now. Um, so, you know, that's, that's trouble. If we start, you know, really giving kids, you know, medicine for these things like sleep and stress. And, you know, I mean, we know that mental health is so, so important and we're all under stress, but if they think that there's going to be some quick solution with a supplement, I think this issue goes a little deeper and, you know, maybe they need to talk out their problems a little bit, do some stress management techniques, get some exercise, get the proper sleep, you know, eat properly, watch your sugar intake, you know, all these things that, you know, create a healthy lifestyle. Um, and a supplement is definitely, whether it's, you know, talking about kids or <clears throat> for us as adults, you know, that's not necessarily the answer is to, you know, just take a pill that's going to solve all my problems. I'd rather kind of look at the core of what are you looking for? You know, what is the issue and how can we address this? Maybe not with, a, you know, thinking a pill is going to solve it, whether it's a prescription medication or a supplement, you know, it's, it is kind of scary to think about. Now, I know when I was coming up, I, I think I was taking maybe a multivitamin, and but that was basically it because um, I, I guess I think my immune system was a little puny or something like that. I was very skinny. Uh, I kind of miss those days sometimes. I was really skinny. Um, uh, I was I was like 95 pounds when I went to college. That's so you know wow. you can imagine just how skinny I was through my younger years, and. Um, so, you know, and people were like, does she eat? It's like, yes, she eats. <laughs> she, you know, I guess my metabolism was, you know, through the roof at that time. Or just, you know, active, I guess, being a kid. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, you know, so that for the longest, people were kind of looking, giving me the side eyes, like, you know, <laughs> is she eating? Are you starving? Uh-huh. You know, giving her something enough to eat? Um, you know, but basically, you know, I was really susceptible to colds and stuff like that. And I had certain allergies, like, you know, so, so yeah, but my, and my mom used to be a nurse in in her early years. So, you know, she kind of just the multivitamin and just making sure I I ate properly. That was about it. And and so um, it makes me wonder is, is part of it having to do with, uh, the kids not being monitored in terms of what they're eating or parents not putting their foot down and saying, you know, uh, I know what you want, okay, but you need to have, you know, I mean, when I, in my household, it was like, you know, you can have maybe a little bit of that later, but you're going to eat your meal first. If you don't eat your uh-huh. meal, then, you know, you don't have the, 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 the sweets or whatever it is, you know. I, I right. just was cu- I'm just curious, is, is is it all about needing the supplements as much as they do or are certain things not being managed properly in terms of meals and in terms of monitoring uh, sleep time and, and television time and all of those types of things? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a combination of all of that. I mean, if I left uh, the nutrition in the in the household to my children, they would live at Chick Fil A. So, <laughs> you know, we gotta we gotta draw the line sometime where it's like, okay, yeah, we can include, you know, some fast food, some fast casual food, some, you know, all that. But yeah, we still need to get our fruits and veggies and whole grains and lean proteins and you know all that good stuff. Um, and you know, I'm like you where it wasn't an option when I was growing up to just say, Oh no, mom, I'm not going to eat this. I don't like this. It was like, that's for dinner. And you know, if you don't eat it, you starve. Uh, And so, you know, these days though, I mean, I, I talk to so many parents that are like, Oh, my kid is the pickiest eater. I'm like, well, that, you know, that happened because of conditioning, (laughs) you know, Mm -hmm. you allowed them to say, no, I only eat macaroni and cheese, chicken nuggets and pizza. Like that's, you know, as when we were growing up, that wasn't the case. Like you ate, you know, if my mom made zucchini pancakes for dinner, that was what was for dinner. Like that was, you know, I thought it was child abuse at the time, but you know, now I'm like, Ooh, those <laughs> zucchini pancakes actually were pretty good. Um, so, yeah. you know, it's, we, we have to definitely, I, I, I agree or, you know, kind of what you were hinting at that we do have to kind of strong arm a little bit and say, okay, you know, eat your broccoli, eat your spinach, you know, that kind of stuff. Um, and, and flex and have some, you know, chips and cookies and fast food, you know, occasionally as well. I think that's absolutely fine. And my kids, you know, eat, eat plenty of that stuff themselves, but you have to have the base, you know, you have to have that base of, like I said, the fruits and vegetables and all of that. Now, 
of course, there's mm-hmm. medical issues, there's malabsorption issues, there's different things that can happen with kids, just like adults, where a supplement is, you know, definitely necessary. So you asked me earlier, and I didn't really answer that question about like, what should, you know, and how soon, you know, how early should we kind of be, you know, giving kids supplements. So I think, you know, to your point, the, the multivitamin is harmless, you know, is it going to prevent, you know, any kind of disease or anything like that? No, probably not. But if it's, if you sleep better at night, knowing that, you know, they have all of their vitamin C and whatnot, you know, from this multivitamin and it's a gummy and they don't, you know, they like taking it great. Um, so I think a multivitamin is fine. There are a few nutrients that we do tend to, they call them shortfall nutrients that, that kids and adults, um, and there's different nutrients for different age, but vitamin D is one that kind of is for all people we don't get enough of. So that could be an, an extra. Um, you can do vitamin D droppers. You know, if you, if you still have a small child that can't swallow pills, you can do vitamin D gummies. Um, and so that's an easy one to add. And, and look at the multivitamin. There's probably some vitamin D, although usually not quite enough, in my opinion. Um, so maybe an extra vitamin D, even in addition to the, the multivitamin. The other thing that I like is, um, is fish oil, omega-3. And those mm-hmm. omega-3s are good for the brain. And even baby formulas now, you know, have the DHA added to it. And that's one of the omega-3s. So you've got DHA and EPA are the two main omega-3s that are good for us in terms of our heart and our brain. So, you know, starting and, but that's tough because it's fish. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. you know, kids are always like, eh. And even, you know, in the pills, if, if any adult out there is taking an omega-3, they know that it's a big pill. But you mm-hmm. can get gummies of those as well. So, like, Nordic Naturals has a gummy worm that my, that my kids really like. Um, you know, n- not a high dose because, you know, they have to hide the flavor in this, you know, gummy worm, um, strawberry-flavored right. you know, gummy worm. But it's a kid, and so they don't need as much as us as adults. So even a little bit is better you know, the none. And there are some other fortified products that have, you know, some DHA added to it, like certain milks or soy milks or, you know, things like that. The dog has a squeaky toy. I'm going to have to get away, get away from her. I want to ask you about the gummies though, um, because yeah. aren't the gummies, don't you have to watch the sugar content in the gummies? Yeah. I mean, so yeah. are you, are you but, like you trading know, little vices, so to speak? Well, I mean, you know, a whole bag of, um, of you know, gummy bears that a kid might eat is going to have a lot of sugar, but two little, you know, pieces of a, of a gummy vitamin is not, mm-hmm. you know, two or three is usually the, the serving size. I mean, we're talking maybe a gram or two of sugar total, you know, same thing okay. with the gummy worms. It's not like, I mean, maybe three grams of sugar total. So yeah, I, I get what you're saying, but in the grand scheme of things, you know, their cake and cookies and ice cream is going to have way more <laughs> sugar than just, you know, this tiny little, you know, vitamin is, is going to have. Okay. All right. Gotcha. So, so now, um, how early, I guess, should a child get screened to see whether they're deficient for certain things? Um, because mm-hmm. doesn't that dictate, you know, whether or not they take a multivitamin or maybe they just take certain supplements? I mean, I know there's, for example, certain basics that kids need, and maybe you could go over that. But then after that point, is there a, a, a phase or, or, or some stage in, in the child's development where they need to kind of be uh, analyzed, if you want to say that, to see if they have other needs where they may be um, deficient? Yeah, that's that's a good question. Um, you know, mo- again, if you're eating kind of a well-balanced, normal diet that includes some grains, you know, they're not on some crazy diet that an adult is following of a keto or whatever, you know, if they're eating grains, if they're eating, you know, at least some fruits or vegetables um, throughout the day, you know, their, their proteins, um, you know, they're, they're probably not going to be deficient. Plus, there's not really very many good blood tests. Um, that kind of measure just for deficiencies like that. Like we can obviously test iron status. Uh, we can test vitamin D status. Um, but, you know, like calcium, the calcium that's in your blood is different than the calcium that's in your, your bones. So when we test calcium, your body regulates your calcium levels in your blood, but we can't necessarily test, 
you know, if you're getting enough calcium for your bones. Um, so yeah, I mean, it sounds good. Like, Oh, just, you know, see, put them in a scan or, you know, take their blood and figure it out. But, you know, unless what, what we typically do is, is unfortunately, I mean, it sounds bad now, like wait for any problems that might come up. And again, most people are going to be fine in terms of, you know, not getting, not having any major signs of any kind of a deficiency, probably because, you know, our food supply is very abundant and, um, you know, most kids are overeating rather than undereating. And so they're getting, you know, lots of those nutrients. And, you know, since back in the, gosh, I don't know, 1920s or 1930s, we've been fortifying a lot of foods like our flour. And, you know, now we fortify things like orange juice with calcium. And, you know, so there's, there's a lot of, you know, vitamins and minerals that are added back to foods. I mean, look at the breakfast cereals, you know, they add back a ton of different vitamins and minerals um, so that it's, you know, you're getting plenty there. So a, a deficiency is fairly rare. Again, as long as you're not, you know, a very, very restrictive eater. Okay. So the kids are going back to school. Um, and you've got kids, too, that you're dealing with this. Um, how, how are you preparing them, especially, um, you know, with the challenges of, of school lunches, you know, what, what kind of nutrition they have and all that? What, what do you know, for example, coming up this school year about the lunch program in, in your kids' school? Yeah, so, um, you know, last year was really nice when the U.S. government gave free lunch and breakfast to everyone. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I, I, don't, and I don't know that everyone knows that. I mean, it was, you know, unless you had kids in school, you may not have realized, but it was free, free, free breakfast and lunch mm-hmm. for everyone, not based on income. And so, you know, mm-hmm. we're trying to spread the word now to parents like that. That's gone. <laughs> you got to oh, start wow. paying now. Um, so, yeah. so yeah, so, you know, at which, you know, I, it, that was just kind of a COVID thing. Um, and so now it's back to, yeah, you have to pay for, for school lunch. Um, you know, they have school dinner and actually a lot of schools, I know Orange County here in Orlando has, um, dinner available as well. It's like little to go boxes, you know, it's great for kids who are there for after school sports and then they can grab this, you know, dinner and, and take that as well. Um, mm, so you know, that's, that's something, yeah, that's something that's, um, that's available. I know that over 80% of the grains that they serve are whole grain. Um, a lot of almost half of the produce comes from local areas. Um, 80% of the food or the, the food I know, and all these statistics that I'm throwing out are from Orange County, um, here in Orlando, but I'm sure this is, you know, it depends on where you're listening from. Um, but all of the food is kid tested. <laughs> and so it has to get an 80% rating or higher from the kids in order to make it on the menu. So, you know, it's, they are, I mean, there are definite USDA standards for school lunches and school breakfasts. And so, you know, they have to have a fruit or vegetable, they have to have a certain amount of protein, they have to have some kind of a grain. So it is, you know, what I'm, what I, when I say well-balanced, that's pretty much what I mean is, some kind of a grain, some kind of protein, some kind of fruit or vegetable, or one of each. And then, of course, they have dairy, they have milk, they have yogurt, they have cheese, you know, there's, there's that as well. So, you know, I think, depending on your child, <laughs> I think school lunch, it, when you think about the health aspect of it, yeah, absolutely. I think as a parent, you can be very confident that they're getting a well-balanced meal. Now, do they eat all of that? Do they leave the vegetables or the salad? I don't know, but, you know, that's up to your kids. Um, but what they're serving definitely is well-balanced. You mentioned earlier conditioning, which is, is the key, I think. So um, when do you start that conditioning process in terms of, you know, getting kids to kind of like certain things without even giving it a second thought? Yeah. Um, I mean, you really have to start very early, like once you start introducing solid foods. Um, you know, depending on whether they were breastfed or whether they were um, on formula, but breast milk, definitely there's flavors that come through there. Um, And, you know, there's statistics around like it takes 10 or 12 times to try something before it's accepted. You know, the first time a baby tries, you know, peas, they're going to, you know, spit it out. But the more Mm -hmm. you introduce it, the, 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 the taste bud actually, there's, there's interesting science around how it actually is accepted 
Um, Mm -hmm. And so it does take about 10 to 12 times. And, you know, vegetables are naturally bitter. So all of us, the first time we have them, are like, eh, this is bitter. But then you kind of get mm-hmm. used to that, and then you kind of like it. <laughs> like there's a, oh, I like this, you know, sort of bitter taste that, you know, there's, there's a whole flavor palette around that. So, you know, so I would say, you know, it, I always tell parents the biggest thing you can do to prevent a picky eater is don't be a short-order cook. The minute you say, oh, well, Johnny doesn't eat salmon, so we make, you know, chicken nuggets for him on the night that the rest of the family has salmon okay, well, then what else does Johnny not like? You know, pretty soon you're making a completely different meal every single night for three different kids in the family. You know? So, um, so yeah, that's, that's the thing is if you give in, they will take advantage and they will take and take and take and their list of foods that they accept will get shorter and shorter and shorter and probably mm-hmm. not healthier. So that's, you know, that's the thing is you have to just say this is what's for dinner and, you know, they will not starve. Mm-hmm. I have never heard of a child dying from <laughs> refusing right, to exactly. you know, eat what mom cooked mm-hmm. for dinner. You know, if they, yeah. um, if they are hungry, they will eat eventually. Yeah, yeah. Or, or they'll start learning how to cook for themselves. You know. Yeah, true. So, um, okay, I, you mentioned something else earlier that I wanted to go back to. You talked about omega-3. Okay. Yes. I'm getting away from the kids a little bit because I have a question about that. I take something that's called omega three six nine. It it has mm-hmm. a, a little bit of all of those. But when I look at the label, it just it doesn't have a, a what I consider to be a clear, definite um, idea of you know uh, what the nutritional value is. Like it's minuscule when you talk about. Uh, was it daily value or daily requirements or whatever? Mm-hmm. It, it like has an asterisk by it, and then it explains yeah. something not necessarily a significant source of, of of whatever and stuff. And so I, you know, I I gave it up at one point, and then I got back on it, and I'm like, well, you know, I'm not really sure what I'm supposed to do. Yep. So so okay. So omega three six nine. You're getting plenty of omega sixes and omega nine in your diet. Like those are okay. pretty abundant in our diet. What we aren't getting a lot of is the omega-3. And so that's why we kind of usually shorten it. And a lot of the omega-3 supplements out there also have some 6-9. They just aren't advertising it. But, you know, I wouldn't go out of my way to find one that says 3-6-9. I would just look for the omega-3. And what you want to look for on the label is the EPA and the DHA. So all caps, EPA, DHA. There's also an another omega-3 that's, predominant and that's ALA. So ALA is mostly in plant-based omega-3. So walnuts and chia and hemp and, you know, different oils, those are going to have quite a bit of ALA. Flax is another one. So those are going to have a lot of ALA. And ALA is also good. It's actually an essential um, fatty acid. But again, we get that typically in our diet. And what the research shows that's most beneficial when we're talking about omega-3s for the brain, for our heart, is really the, the DHA and the EPA. And that's really only found in fish and algae. So algae is actually, I know it sounds weird, but that's what the fish eat in order to mm-hmm. you know, get this omega-3 fat in their bodies. Um, and so the, you can get, so if you're vegan or if you have a fish allergy, you can get a vegan, um, you know, non-fish DHA EPA, and it's made from algae. So it's algal oil, A-L-G-A-L. And that's what they usually use when they're fortifying um, some of the formulas or they're fortifying like soy milk, especially because most people doing soy milk are vegetarian and so they don't want the fish. Um, Now, it could still smell like fish because it's algae. Algae smells like fish. <laughs> so, um, okay. you know, it smells like the sea. Um, so don't be turned off if you're like, but this still, are you sure there's no fish in this? Um, okay, so back to the EPA DHA. So what you want is that to add up to 1,000. And it might take two pills to do that. So that's really what you want to look at when you're looking at all that fine print with your readers on. <laughs> that's what you want to look at is the EPA and the DHA, and you want that to add up to 100, or 1,000, excuse me. So typically, the EPA is going to be a higher amount 
than the DHA. Usually it's around like two-thirds to one-third. Um, but if you add those two up, so it might be, you know, 300 and something and or 200 and something for one pill, and then, you know, take two pills and now you've got your 1,000. Okay. All right. So, okay. So I guess let's get back on track a little bit with the um, – talking about the kids in, in the school. So do you do, do your kids participate in, let's say, packing lunches? Do they eat all of their lunches through, through uh, whatever what the school supplies, or do you pack lunches or have them pack lunches for themselves? We do a hybrid. So they do something. We look at the, what's available, what's you know on for the week, and then they'll pick which days they want to get school lunch, and then they'll pick which days they want to bring their lunch. So... Um, more and more, they're just ending up doing it at school um, because, you know, school, packing your lunch kind of gets boring after a while. And, <laughs> you know, you can only eat a turkey sandwich so many days in a row, you know, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Now, there's lots of ideas out there to make school lunches or to make, you know, packed lunches more exciting. Um, but, mm-hmm. you know, it does take a little bit of effort. And, and a lot of schools now have microwaves, so it doesn't have to be cold. You know, you can bring last night's leftovers. You can bring, you know, different stuff that you can stick in the microwave. And a lot of kids do that, and that opens up a lot of possibilities. Or you can do, you know, the hot thermos that keeps the soup warm or something like that, too. Yeah, but uh, if you pack your lunches yourself, don't you kind of help moderate the amount of sugar and sodium that goes into the meals? Yeah, I mean – you know, but you think about a typical, like the turkey sandwich example I gave, you know, turkey, deli turkey is very high in sodium. Bread has a decent amount of sodium. Cheese has a decent amount of sodium. Like, you know, you're still going to get, you know, chips, um, which, you know, they always want to throw in there too. Um, so, you know, yeah, you're still going to get quite a bit of sodium, whether it's a prepared, you know, prepared at school. And again, those USDA guidelines for schools, they have to keep their levels to a certain amount. So you, you might actually get a healthier meal at school than what your kids, you know, maybe maybe packing or accepting from your own house. Okay. So give us an idea. Give us an example when when you pack or when you your kids and you get together and pack. What what's on the the I would say the, the top ten list or top five list or the, the, the yep. hits, the greatest hits yeah. in your house. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I, you know, I kind of have that formula, like I said earlier, of some kind of grain, some kind of protein, some kind of fruit or vegetable, or both. So usually they will bring some kind of a, a fruit. I mean, those are easy. You know, grapes or they love grapes. Um, you know, sometimes they'll throw a banana in there, whatever. Something easy for them to do. Or, you know, if they're going to bring an orange, they'll usually peel it ahead of time, or it'll be one of those cuties that they can peel real easily. Um, and then a lot of times, you know, maybe some baby carrots or, you know, some cut up red pepper or, you know, just something like sugar snap peas they like. So, you know, some kind of a raw vegetable typically um, along with it. And, um, you know, the little hummus cups can be fun to dip with, um, with those raw veggies. And then, you know, the, the, the grain and the protein could be, again, leftovers that we heat up. It could be you know, leftover rice and chicken and vegetables from the night before, or it could be some kind of pasta or something like that, or cold, you know, we do wraps, um, we do, you know, just plain like regular sandwiches or put it on a pita, um, put it on an English muffin or a bagel, you know, things like that. And it's not always a sandwich, you know, sometimes it can be crackers and some cheese and, you know, some, some of those little cubes of meat or a beef stick or something like that. So, you know, that makes it not feel like it's the same thing all the time, too. But that's the Mm -hmm. formula I have is, you know, okay, where's your grain? Where's your protein? Where's your fruit or vegetable? And then, you know, sometimes there'll be a a yogurt in there or something like that. Usually they just drink their water. Or they they talk now about about plating your, your food with the vegetables first. Is that correct? With what? Sorry, plating your food using the vegetables first before you put oh. the meat on. I'm sorry, losing my voice a little bit. No, that's okay. Um, yeah, well, yeah, definitely. I mean, you know, that's what we recommend, especially for adults now, is like try to have half your plate as a vegetable, um, whether it's a salad or whether it's, you know, hot vegetable 
um, you know, zucchini noodles, whatever, trying to get, you know, more of those veggies. Um, you know, kids, it's a little harder to have half your plate of vegetables, plus they need, they're growing, they need the calories. And so I am encouraging to make sure that you're getting some kind of grain, you know, bread, cereal, rice, pasta, tortillas, whatever, with, um, you know, with that meal. Okay. So we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, I'm going to ask you a little bit about your school experience. So um, we're here with Tara Collingwood. This is G's Power Hour on Never Had a Feel Good Entertainment, and we will be right back. Does it appear the long arm of the law is working against you instead of for you? Whom do you call when the boys in blue are pursuing you? When the wrong person behind bars may end up being you. With over 40 years combined legal expertise, Anderson and Welch bring to bear a smart, sound, sensible defense of those caught in what may be the unrelenting grip of the legal system. Turn to Anderson and Welch first to get ahead of trouble, not fall into it, by calling 561-832-3386. That's 561-832-3386. That's Anderson and Welch Law Firm online at andersonandwelch.com. Good afternoon. Welcome back to G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Thanks so much for being with us today. We're here with Tara Collingwood. <clears throat> Excuse me. And if you have questions or comments, the number is 516-387-1944. Sorry, got a little choked for a minute. Um, so talk a little bit about your school experience. Uh, are you, did you go to school here locally, or where did you go to school? No, I grew up in Wisconsin, so I was, uh, I was a northerner for a long time. <laughs> oh, wow. So, um, so uh, tell us a little bit about your um, elementary school experience, and, and what I'm, I guess I want to find out um, – did you, in terms of your career path to where you are now, were there things that kind of you had already decided what you wanted to do early on, or were there things that kind of uh, changed your direction of focus? What what were your goals and, and dreams, I guess, at that point when you were uh, starting in school? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't really remember like elementary school. What I you know what I you could probably ask my parents. What what did I say I wanted to be back then? I don't know. But I right. remember like what I got into when I got into high school, I was really into sports. I've always been, you know, athletic. And I remember meeting like the athletic trainers and the sports medicine doctor and, you know, the people that used to come to the school and help us as athletes, you know, and the coaches and all that kind of stuff too, but more specifically kind of those ancillary services of the people that would come. And I was like, Ooh, I want to do something in sports. I really love, you know, fitness and sports and, and stuff like that. And I never really knew and that about the, being a dietitian. Like I didn't know what really what that was. And I don't even know how I got first introduced to that. Um, but I was, I was interested in nutrition. Like I, I've been a vegetarian, actually this is my 30th anniversary of being a vegetarian. I've been in the vegetarian since 1992. I tried to become a vegetarian in second grade and growing up in Wisconsin and my parents, my parents were both teachers, <laughs> but they had both grown up on a farm. And so that was yeah. like, you know, this is the eighties, eighties and nineties. And they were like, yeah, no, you're vegetarian. Like that wasn't a thing <laughs> in Wisconsin <laughs> in the eighties. That um, had to be hard. I, yes. Yeah, I didn't want to eat, like, I haven't eaten pork since second grade. So I, you know, I had this friend who had a farm, and I used to feed the pig, and then pig went to market, and I was like, yeah, no, I'm not eating any more bacon or sausage or pepperoni. Oh, <laughs> wow. My mom, my mom honored that. But when I tried to take out the chicken and the beef, too, she was like, yeah, no. So I continued to eat that all through high school, and then the day I went to college, <laughs> 1992, I was like, I'm done. I'm a vegetarian. So um, how do you manage and, that though in college? You know, I mean, um, <laughs> college is really where well, you. Well, and I still. I, I, I mean, I remember got in college, and for for me, I got in college, and my you know my daily routine was um, had to have some French fries and some M and M's. You know, 
Well, I still, I, I love eggs and I love dairy. So I'm, you wouldn't be, in fact, I just got back from Wisconsin over the weekend and uh, you're not allowed in the state of Wisconsin. So, <laughs> oh yeah, but kind of. Um, so yeah, so no, I, I never, I've been considered getting rid of dairy because I just love, love, love my dairy. I just didn't want to eat the flesh of the animal. Um, mm-hmm. and so, and, and honestly, as a dietitian, I, I don't, I bring this up just because you asked, but I don't, I normally don't tell people I'm a vegetarian because they think, oh, the dietitian, oh, you must, that must be the healthiest way to eat. And I'm like, no, the healthiest way to eat is what you decide is best for your body. That's what I decided 30 years ago was best for mm-hmm. me mentally, emotionally, and physically. And, you know, so that there's a lot that goes into it. Um, and so, you know, I, I counsel people all the time who want to become vegetarians because they say they want to be, I'm not going to convince you. <laughs> and mm-hmm. I even counsel people on maybe this isn't the right choice for you, knowing their particular lifestyle and, you know, what's going on with them medically and all that. And I'm like, yeah, you might want to just still keep a little chicken in, you know, for various reasons. Again, I work with a lot of athletes. And so, you know, there might be reasons why I'm saying, mm, okay, let's, you know, let's talk about this before we make this commitment, especially with some of the, you know, recent movies in the past few years, the documentaries, you know, people trying to go vegan. And I'm like, oh, that's really hard. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, so when you keep the dairy and the, and the eggs in there, that definitely um, gives you a lot more, a lot more freedom. But anyway, so back to the story of high school. So then, you know, I wanted to do something with sports, but then I, re- then I don't know, somehow I learned about what a dietitian was. I'm like, that's it. That's what I want to do. And so, but I also want to work with athletes. So I went to college to double major in exercise physiology and nutrition so that I could work with athletes and know all of the physiology around, you know, the body and the muscles and, you know, the cardiovascular system and all that, in addition to all of the knowledge that I was getting as a registered dietitian. Um, so that's kind of how my career path, you know, went and I never looked back. I mean, I'm one of those rare people that knew in high school what I wanted to do and have loved it ever since. <laughs> so it's fun when you get to do what your passion is. That That is so cool when you, you're able to do that. So, um, so, uh, tell me what were the biggest challenges I, I, you, you talked about, I guess the big challenges being in Wisconsin and, and deciding to be a vegetarian, but, other than that, what did you find to be some of your biggest challenges as you were, you know, going through the process of determining, you know, uh, what your career path would be? Um, and then also talk about uh, your decisions in terms of classes you took and, and what kind of guidance mm-hmm. you received also, um, you know, from I, – I don't know what <clears> – <throat> Well, I'm not going to get into that. I was going to say I'm not sure what guidance counselors do these days. But yeah. um, did you have well, good guidance counselors and stuff? Yeah. Yeah, no, that's a very good question. Um, and I didn't realize until I really got into it how much chemistry and biology and microbiology and organic chemistry and all this stuff there was to being a dietitian. I mean, anything in the medical field has a lot of that science and, and math too. I mean, we have to calculate a lot of different things. Um, and so I was very strong in science and, you know, decent. I mean, you know, I, I'm, I'm good at math, but I wasn't like, Oh, I want to do math the rest of my life, you know, kind of thing. Um, so I think, you know, when I, yeah, when I was first, and maybe it was a guidance counselor that first told me about what a dietitian was when I, you know, expressed what all my different interests were. Um, But yeah, I think, you know, it's important to kind of look at what am I good at? And I knew that I was good at science and that I enjoyed it and that I was interested in the human body. And, but I didn't want to, I knew I I never have wanted to be a doctor. I never wanted to be like that. You know, I want, I never wanted to go that far and like just do doctoring. And I didn't, I don't like the blood and guts part of it anyway. So Mm -hmm. I wanted something in, you know, the medical field where I could help people and I always wanted to be on the prevention side, too. I mean, I, you know, right. I can work in a hospital and I can help sick people, but I really, my whole life, in fact, I got my master's degree in health promotion, like disease prevention. You know, that's really where my passion is, is how can we, you know, keep ourselves from <laughs> getting in the hospital and how can we, and, and, you know, what I've really worked on for 20 years is performance. You know, how can I perform at my best, whether I'm, you know, president of the PTA sitting in a cubicle or, you know, 
CEO of a major company or number one in the world in a certain sport. You know, whoever you are, we all want to perform at our best whenever right. we, you know, whenever we're doing or mom and dad, you know, I want to have good energy and, you know, and good, you know, I want a good performance review from my kids too. <laughs> so <laughs> exactly. you know, that's really what, you know, what, what gives me passion is when I can help people to, you know, have not just the weight that they want, but the energy that they want and, you know, reach their goals again, whether it's performance driven or just, you know, mood and mental acuity and and that kind of stuff. There's so much of that that goes into how we eat, when we eat and, and movement too, and exercise. What things did you do, uh, that you, you're glad that you did um, coming up through the ranks. What things do you wish you had done differently? Ooh, um, definitely deciding to do that double major. Um, I grew up in Wisconsin, and so the natural idea would be to go to UW Madison. That's like you know the big state school in Wisconsin, and you know they have a wonderful dietetics program there. But I told my dad, I said, I want to go to Purdue because they just started this sports nutrition, you know, major and this double major in exercise physiology and nutrition. You know, it was like a thing. And um, and so he was like, well, that's out of state and that's out of state tuition. And we've saved money for you to go to in-state school. So if you want to go to out-of-state school, you're going to have to pay the difference. And I was like, okay. And so I worked my little tushy off. <laughs> I got a job all through college, you know, while I was yeah. going to school. I worked in the, the dorm cafeteria my first couple of years, and then I was waitressing, and I waitressed every summer, every spring break, every, well, I did go on spring break once, every Christmas break, like I had this waitressing job back in Wisconsin by my parents' house, and um, I mean, sometimes I would open at 5 a.m. and close at 10 p.m. and have a two-hour break in the afternoon. Like, I worked so that I could pay. Mm. And I never have to any day have I regretted going to Purdue and choosing that I was going to pay that out of state tuition. And I think that taught me so much in life too, that, you know, if Mm -hmm. you really want something and it's not going to be handed to you, then, you know, how, how bad you want it. And, you know, for some reason, I really wanted (laughs) this particular, you know, experience at that school and with this major And again, you know, have never looked back. And so that was a huge, you know, thing that guided me in my life that taught me hard work and taught me that, you know, I, and I, and I left Purdue without any loans at, with out-of-state tuition. So, you got to, you got to share your secret about that. Yeah. (laughs) That's, that's a, that's a show in itself. You got to share that secret because (laughs) that's kind of the big deal right now with, you know, you know, whether or not to send your kid to college and, and what, you know, what they end up doing after college is just basically not, you know, doing the work for the sake of the work. They're doing the work to pay off the debt. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, you, you've got to share that. Um, yeah, no, we'll, we'll, go, we'll go back to that. Had, yeah, my parents had, you know, had, like I said, they had saved some, but not enough for me to go to this more expensive school. And so, mm-hmm. you know, they paid for what they had saved, but I had to, you know, come up with a difference. So, yeah. Um, and then what was your other question? Things, something that I would have done differently. I don't know. It's so hard to look mm-hmm. back and go, oh, I wonder how that would have, you know, changed the yeah. trajectory of my, of my life. <laughs> so, oh, now you, you're, so now you're, you're guiding your kids through, you know, their education. Um, what are your concerns now? What do you see? Um, what and what what kind of questions do they ask you? You know what what I'm concerned about is how difficult it is to get into college now, or get into the college that you want. You know, when you look at especially like here in Florida, these state schools. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, to get into UF and FSU, and especially post pandemic now, because so many kids, like I've heard, you know, now the waiting lists and the acceptance are just ridiculous you know, the grades and the this and that that you have to have. So, you know, I mean, I guess, you know, it's it's a different path. It's a different world than when we went to school and you went off to college, you know, when you graduated. I mean, maybe now you do, you know, technical school or, you know, or community college for a couple of years to get some of those 
um, basic school, you know, basic classes done and then, you know, head to the university. I mean, it's, it's, it's just a different world. Um, but yeah, you know, I'm, I'm trying, my kids are going into seventh and ninth um, grade. So they're just now starting to seriously think about what they, you know, may potentially want to do in life. And, you know, I'm trying to look at their skill sets and what they're good at and what makes them happy and, you know, and, and throwing out ideas. And, you know, so we'll see, we'll see. I think that's the thing is you have to kind of, you know, throw out different ideas because they don't know what all the careers are out there <laughs> and what mm-hmm. they might, you know, be matched well with. Uh, so, so yeah, I think we're just getting into that, that stage um, of, you know, okay, instead of, you know, saying you want to be a, you know, fireman or a policeman or, you know, all that stuff that kids always want to be when they're growing up, you know, my, my mm-hmm. son, he's still going into seventh grade says he wants to be a park ranger because he loves national parks <laughs> and he wants to be a park oh, ranger. Wow. Like, okay, well, if you want to, that's great. But you know, we'll see. He's going into seventh grade. So we'll see what, uh, you know, what develops in the next few years. <laughs> so I was going to say, if you had to, let's say, pick today what their future careers would be based on what you feel you see in terms of their skill sets and their personality, what, what are you oh, seeing gosh. in terms of, of their careers? Uh, um, I could see... I could see my one, my older son going into something like law enforcement. I think he really um, could be good at, um, I think he, he could have the personality for that. The younger one, um, hmm, he likes to try to get out of work as much as possible. He likes to argue. <laughs> so um, I don't know, maybe an attorney, but <laughs> he's good at arguing. Um, I'm good at, good at talking uh, to gonna, me out of things. You know, I, I, you said that I thought maybe that's an attorney in the making or something. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> you say you like to yep. argue. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we'll see. Yeah, okay, well, good. Uh, we're going to take our final break. Uh, by the way, everybody, don't forget, Monday, uh, early voting starts on Monday, in, at least in Orange County. So uh, if you haven't gotten your absentee ballot or you haven't gotten your sample ballot, uh, make sure you check in with the Supervisor of Elections Office so you can get that, so you can sit down with your ballots and go over them and do your homework, go on the computer, make a phone call. By the way, you know, you, a lot of you are getting the uh, flyers in the mail. If you aren't satisfied with the information that you're getting in the mail, call up and ask questions. You know, somebody should get back to you. They, they're supposed to have a, a campaign staff and something. If the candidate doesn't call you back, at least try to get, get, you know, get with one of the staffers and see what kind of information you can get. Get your questions answered before you go to the polls. Please make an informed vote. But anyway, we're here with Tara Collingwood. We have talking school and all things school, uh, her kids and when she was in school. If you have questions or comments, the number is 516-387-1944. G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. We'll be right back. Over the past 60 years, Dove Beauty Bar's superior formula has remained unchanged. But when it comes to beauty, everything changed. Together, we redefined beauty. We said no to stereotypes and yes to every type. We let go of judgments and embraced what makes us unique. We're proud to have been there with you, caring for you every step of the way. Here's to the next 60 years. Having a wedding, reception, family reunion, planning a banquet, or some other fundraising event. Need to share your knowledge through a workshop or seminar, or it's a difficult time and you need to plan a wake or repast. Let us help. At our gatherings, let us reduce the stress and make the occasion memorable, treasured. Call our gatherings at 407-968-9387 or email ourgatherings at yahoo.com. Let us help plan your special event. Hi there. Welcome back to G's Power Hour. I never had it so good entertainment. I am your host, G. The number is 516-387-1944 here with Tara Collingwood. And um, so you, your, your school choice.
choices had you basically had to do with trying to get the the best education um you know and that's why you you did the extra work and paid the extra money what do you think would have happened if you had just gone with the your folks game plan because a lot of times we have we we you know have we're, you know we're trying to respect the elders we love our parents and everything you know we try to please them and stuff but sometimes uh you know we we see a different vision and um it's hard to go against that um, how did you make that decision? How did you make that argument? And what do you think would have happened if maybe you had just said, okay, I'll, you know, you guys know best? Yeah, you know, I, I do have to give my parents huge kudos for agreeing to, you know, let me go to that out-of-state school. I mean, not to mention the out-of-state tuition, but then it's, you know, further and, you know, a car and all that kind of stuff that needed to needed to happen. It was a four-plus mm-hmm. hour drive, depending on how much you get stuck in Chicago traffic <laughs> to get back home. Wow. Uh, so, you know, I, I mean, if I if they would have said, no, you have to go to, you know, a state school, that would have been fine. Because, like I said, UW-Madison, um, you know, wonderful, wonderful dietetics program. And I would have had a wonderful education there. So, you know, I don't think there was a, there was a um, you know, bad choice. But I don't think I probably would have had the exercise side and the sports nutrition side, the side that really fuels me the most in terms of my passion. Um, You know, maybe I would have ended up being more on the clinical side and, you know, doing, you know, more hospital work or something like that. But I still would have been able to have my major of nutrition and dietetics, but maybe not have as much of that sports side of things. Mm, Okay. So now, what kind of tips do you you have uh, as you've gone through your experience and you're you're currently um, you know watching your kids, seeing them develop, making the decisions? What kind of tips do you have for parents out there now? There's a lot of challenges right now. There are definitely. I think you know people used to tell me when when my kids were little, like just wait, it doesn't get easier. And I'm like, I think you forget what it's like to have a two year old attached to your leg at all times. <laughs> but you know, I, I get it now that my kids are getting into this like middle school, high school range, and it's not the physical hands-on, need to watch them, you know, not hurt themselves kind of thing when they're little, but right. it's you need to be aware of who are they hanging out with? How are they spending their free time? How much screen time do they have? Um, I mean, especially in the summer here, it's been brutal to try to, you know, limit their screen time. And, and, and plus it's so hot outside. So you can't just say, go outside and play. It's 97 degrees. Like, you know, so it's hard. Um, And, you know, so it's, it's, it is, it's, it's a challenge to figure out. And so we have to work harder as parents because their default is I'm going to sit on the couch and, you know, watch YouTube all day or sit on my, you know, whatever, you know, whatever, uh, you know, Xbox or whatever they might have. Um, And so it's, it is, it's a different world today where we have to be much more aware and, you know, I say, you know, who are you, who are your kid, who are your, you know, friends and, and are they safe? Well, it's the cyber world. That's now what we have to be yeah. worried about and who are they talking to online and, you know, that kind of stuff. So it is, a, it's a different kind of oversight. Um, and then, you know, like you mentioned, not just making sure they're safe, but also making sure that they're developing in all of the right ways and, you know, their mental health. I mean, we have so much emphasis now on mental health for us as adults, but also for our kids because they are so isolated. And they're in their own device and isolated in this world and then watching all this stuff on YouTube or on social media and they think that's normal and that everyone should look like that, act like that, talk like that. And, um, and it's just, you know, it, it's a very me, me, me society now with all of the social media, um, but yet they can be very withdrawn um, just looking at that from the outside. And so it's, it is, it's, it's such a balance um, of, you know, how much do you monitor and how much do you limit and how do you, you know, keep developing their social <laughs> side of things without all of these devices. I think that's the biggest challenge right now for us as parents. I was going to ask, do you do the parental controls or do you have like, a time frame, a certain amount of hours with the technology? 
Yeah, I try to, um, you know, but it's, it's, you have to monitor and they have to monitor. And, you know, so if I see them, you know, I mean, yeah, we, we do, I give them limits um, and do the parental control. So that helps, but it still is, you know, it's, it's hard to monitor at a hundred percent. Do you have the conversations with them? I mean, we didn't, you know, when I grew grew up um, way back when, we um, didn't have necessarily all this technology, but we did have the television, which my mom kind of insisted yeah. that I watch for, like, news and stuff like that. But then we'd have conversations. Um, do you think, do right. you have, like, sit down and have the conversations with your kids? Um, and do you think um, other parents do or should? Because I'm I'm not certain what's going on in other households, but I, I, you know, I keep hearing this, uh, we need to do more controls and this, that, and the other. But part of the control to me is engaging with the child and having the conversations and explaining why this works and this doesn't work and and letting the child learn how to develop opinions and thoughts uh, based on, uh, you know, input, and, you know, not just what they see, and then they, they're left to do the interpretation on their own. You are 100,000% correct, is that we as parents have become just as lazy as our children <laughs> in terms of like, okay, if you want them to read a book, well, okay, they read the book, and then what? You know, so maybe you have to read the book too and then have a whole conversation about it. Maybe, you know, you do sit down as a family and do devotions if that's, you know, something that's your life. Maybe you do, mm-hmm. you know, engage. So, yeah, it's not just get off your device and then you walk away. But what are they going to do instead? And part of it, of course, kids need to learn how to entertain themselves. I mean, I'm super impressed with some of the games and different things that my kids come up with. And I'm like, dang, they're really, <laughs> they're really creative. Um, but it's also, you know, on us as parents, too. And that's what I mean by, like, yeah, when they're two, it's a different kind of time being spent with them. And now it almost takes more effort to connect with them and have those conversations and, you know, find things that you like to do together as a family or just one-on-one, you know, one parent to one child or whatever. And so, yeah, you, you, we have to work, we have to work on that. And I will absolutely say that I'm guilty of that sometimes. Um, I think all parents are of not engaging the kids as much as, as we should and just letting, you know, that device be the, the quote unquote babysitter. Um, and you know, especially in restaurants now, I mean, you see all these little kids because they want the kids to be quiet. So, okay, here's the device. And, uh, you know, I mean, back when we were kids, we didn't have that. And so we learned to behave at a table without needing to be watching something. Um, so it's, it is, it's, it's, it's a different kind of parenting for sure. But I agree that, you know, us as parents definitely need to step up and, um, and provide that attention and engagement and, thought into stretching their minds. So do you feel any type of, let's say, pressure or coercion or uh, eyes on you from other parents in terms of uh, how you parent? Um, is, there, is this their com- this comparison type of thing that goes on? Uh, it, what, how, do, how do you deal with uh, or, or do you engage with other parents in terms of what you're doing and do you get, let's say, ideas or uh, do you uh, from uh, from other parents about wh- what they're doing and incorporate some of that? I know that's a lot of questions into one, but you know you could just focus on part of it if you want. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I think that you know, I mean, obviously depends. I mean, I try not to let what other people think bother me, and they don't know the inside of you know what I'm doing with my household. But and everybody, mm-hmm. you know, parents a lot differently with you know, how much they monitor and, and all of that. But um, I do, you know, specifically, I have a few friends that, you know, I'll say, hey, what, you know, what have you guys been doing that, you know, helps to engage the kids? Or what have you done as a family that's super fun? And, you know, we're looking for new ideas to do and, you know, whatever. So, um, so yeah, I, absolutely. Just that networking with other parents and, and finding out, you know, we're all in this together. Like, let's figure out how to get these kids to, you know, engage and get physical activity and, you know, do all the things that they should do as kids that we did as kids, you know, I mean, we were outside Mm -hmm. all day in the summertime and, you know, we'd be called back home when it started to get dark out, you know? So, and that's just not the case these days. 
Um, well, especially in Florida, it's too hot to be out all day, but, um, <laughs> yeah. but yeah, it's just a different, it's different, but yeah, we, I definitely get ideas from other parents. Boy, we could talk more, but we got to go. But Tara, thank you for your time today. <laughs> really appreciate it. And look forward to having yeah. you back when you have some time. Cause I had for some sure. other questions for you too, but we'll, we'll leave that for another time. But thank you for all taking right. the time out today. Talk to you soon. My pleasure. Thank you. And thank you all for listening. Talk tomorrow. We have Paul Z. Shelton, our economist at Work Shore. This has been G's Power Hour on Never Had It So Good Entertainment. I am your host, G. Be well, be safe, and be blessed. And please remember, all real power comes from God. Take care. Make it all right. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VDW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.